Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Youngmi Mayer. And I'm Brian Park. And before we start our Lunar New Year episode... Let's go. <laughs> we're going to shout out our <laughs> Patreon subscribers. We do three a week. Yes. So if you like our content, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Young me and I offer different subscription tiers with different exclusive benefits, but any donation amount at the very least gets you a shout out on this podcast where young me and I guess who you are judging from your name alone and um and our psychic abilities right 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 <laughs> so are you ready for our first shout out young me yes our first shout out goes to grace park classic <laughs> classic korean doesn't get more korean american than that great how many grace parks do you think was in her graduating class of 2018. Weirdly enough, there are probably more Grace Parks in America than Korean Americans in America. <laughs> it exceeds the maximum There are population. more Grace Parks than John Smith's. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> My feeling about this Grace Park, purple hair. That's you. I know, but very <laughs> blunt bangs, purple hair. Oh, Septum piercing. I'm getting total opposite. Really? For me, this Grace Park is the president of the Korean Church Society at her college. Maybe, maybe both. She could have purple hair and love Jesus, our <laughs> Lord and Savior. Yeah, that's true. Korean Jesus. The, the Korean Christians do be bad sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, they are the worst. You know, there, we probably have so many people that subscribe named Grace Park that we just describe two separate Grace Parks and they're like, that's me. <laughs> they are like, oh my God. How did so, they know? That's so me. They got it right on the nose. <laughs> well, anyways, thank you for your thank you so much, subscription, Grace. Grace Park. Our second shout out goes to James Song. Another classic Korean. J classic. Song. Song is my favorite Korean last name though. It's not it's like Song. It's like very like, I don't know, bird-like. I'm gonna guess that James Song is a pastor son. Okay, we're really going for the stereotypes He's this a week. He's going to moksa. And you know that those pastor sons, they do be bad. <laughs> do you think that there's like, we have some internalized Asian racism going on with how we're always like, this person, <laughs> this person is an artist and their parents don't like that about them. Like, it's just really, really crude stereotypes every week. Okay, 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 okay. James Song yeah. is either a pastor's son and yeah. he's he deals ecstasy and molly yeah or he's his dad is a famous korean poet and is extremely encouraging of james song's artistic pursuits actually i like that one i, I like the second one but for me you, you know my psychic hey, abilities you, you i'm like seeing the second one but what does your psychic my psychic abilities i see a desert he lives somewhere that's dry Ooh. and hot like arizona like southern Tucson, california arizona. yeah something like that that's where he that's where i'm feeling and he drives like a car and the, this air conditioning blasting i feel like i'm like tapping into him as he's listening to my voice right now i feel like i oh, see wow, him wow 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 he has wow. like uh, Oakley wraparound sunglasses, but not ironically, <laughs> like he's just had them since the 90s. <laughs> I 
feel like that's him. I saw it very clearly in my head. And that person you just described definitely listens to our podcast. For sure. And his Ford F-150 pickup <laughs> while he wears those Oakley wraparound sunglasses. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I'm all about it. Thank yep. you, James Song, for Thank your you, donation. James. And our last shout out goes to Bianca Jelly. Oh, hot name. Bianca, Bianca Jelly. Jelly. Yeah. I feel like that's a state. Well, mm, is Jelly a real, name. it could be a last, real last name. It could. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like maybe, I f this is how I feel about Bianca. I think that it's her mom that chose a stage name. Mm. Her mom is like Barbara Jelly or something. <laughs> and she went with it. I'm going to guess not a stage name. Bianca Jelly, real name. Probably got bullied a lot in elementary and middle school. Yeah. Because kids are fucking mean. Yeah. Now is a director of a nonprofit. Mm, yeah. Uh, I see that. Against bullying. Yeah. I can see That's that. Bianca Jelly. I feel that. Yeah. You know what I think is so funny? What? When actors create stage names, like really famous Hollywood actors. Yeah. And then their kids just have that as their last name. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> Like all the famous, like, I think like even like, let's say Harrison Ford. I don't know if that's a stage name. Like all those guys. Right. Those are all fake names. Their kids like continue their fake stage names. That's so fucking hilarious. Isn't that so weird? <laughs> you know what I think is really funny about these celebrity children? What? Is a lot of them end up going into acting just like their parents. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, they didn't take, he did not, or he or she did not take their parents' name because they wanted to set a career for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Like your connections to being the son or daughter of this famous had no impact on your success in this career. Sure. Sure. I believe sure, it. Sure, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> okay. Oh. No, good for him. See, that's like he took the his dad's real last name, but then what was his, Char Martin Sheen? No, yeah. the, the kid is Charlie Sheen. Went with the fake name. Your name isn't Sheen, bro. It's so weird. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you're not fooling anyone. You don't fool us here on the Feeling Asian you're podcast. You're not fooling us, Charlie Sheen, who got canceled before canceling was a thing. Oh, that's Yo, how you, that's how you know he was really bad. Person. Yeah, he was really bad, bro. Really I don't know bad. what he was doing. He is done. <laughs> he got canceled before cancel culture. The, yeah, before Gen Z was even born. <laughs> We have no idea who we're talking and about. Do you realize that before, Grace Park before has no Gen idea. Z was born, celebrities were out killing people and they were still famous even after doing that. You know who else got canceled before Gen Z? Who? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's still around though. No, he tried, but we were like, sir, you have literally murdered women. You, well, gotta, now, you gotta go, bro. Well, now he like he's carved out a niche for himself just making movies that are extremely um, pro-America, like war movies. Good for him. <laughs> I've never, I never even heard about them. So good for him. He was so hot in Mad Max, the original though. I forgive. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't cancel me, but uh, well, oh my God. Thank you everyone for your wonderful donations to our Patreon. And once again, if you like the podcast, please consider supporting at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And for this episode, it's just us two, young me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lunar New Year vibes, just us two. The Chinese Zodiac, which I think is extremely complicated. I was trying to, like, I thought I was going to read it one afternoon and understand, but it's just as, like, intricate as, like, 
astrology, like the, the wow. one that's popular. Look at your white supremacist mindset, assuming that well, Chinese Zodiac isn't going to be as in-depth or thorough. But I, when I was a kid, you know, in Korea, it was a huge thing and we would talk about it all the time. Just right, like, right. like, I don't know what the word for this astrology that Americans are into is called. The yeah. reg- I don't know what it is. And we talk about it all the time and the blood type personality mm. thing which is a hu- which is huge in Korea and I think Japan. Right. But uh it's so complicated. There's so many different layers to it. Yeah, this is going to be a good episode. We got a lot to unpack here. Yeah. So let's kick it off and I'm going to ask you how are you feeling? Damn, I'm getting like I'm getting fucking You're getting performance, uh, performance getting ready anxiety? to, per- yeah, maybe. <gasps> oh, I got some things to talk about this week. So, okay. So this is a personal story between me and my friend. And so that's why I'm not going to say anyone's names. Okay. But because it did get some publicity, I, I got numerous requests asking for me to talk about this. Can we use the person X? Per- okay. So no, I'll just give her a fake name. Cause it sounds nice. Like, let's call her Rachel. Right. Okay. Rachel is my close friend. This week she went on, she was on a podcast that's like very popular Mm -hmm. Uh, just for, she was just on for like five minutes talking about her time at Bon Appetit. This podcast is an extremely popular podcast. Again, I'm I'm trying not to name it, but if you want to know, you'll find out. Um, about Bon Appetit. I remember like last summer, there was all this racist stuff happening. The Alison Roman drama. Yep. Well, the that was, the yeah. director of Bon Appetit being racist AF and got fired. And, um, and so she went on this podcast and s- talked about her experience with somebody else that was a higher up at Bon Appetit, okay. which I'm not going to name just to protect my friend. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to protect this guy. Everyone knows what he did. Sure. I'm going to call him Jonathan. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, but I want to talk about my friend because she's like the, my, one of my closest friends in okay. my life, in my adult life. I love and care about this person deeply. And she ghosted me mm. over a year ago never, never told me why, never responded to my text. Oh, that sucks. And it's like the first time that's really happened to me in my life. A friendship ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on that because it's, it's devastating Mm. and it's like so hurtful. And so I was messaging her for like over the course of a year, like I messaged her like three times, like just being like, Hey, I don't know exactly why you're upset, but like, I know you don't like confrontation. Like if you want to tell me just, I will listen. I will, I will not argue. I will apologize. Like feel free to tell me. Right. Yeah. She never contacted me. And then it, it, something did hurt me because she also was sort of like on the outs with my ex-husband, Danny. Okay. And during the summer he reached out to her while he had all that drama going on. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, I think he just, te- he told me like he texted her and apologized too. Right. And because he was mean to her, like they have had like a fight or whatever. Okay. Whereas and I don't even really know what I did to her. It was just very, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm sure I did something wrong, sure. but I don't know what it is. Okay. So he apologized to her. She texts him back immediately. And it made me so angry yeah. because it was like this really PR, like this is me being a shitty bitch. But for me, I read it and I was like, this is something that she's screenshotting to show people. Like, because your ex-husband has more public clout. And so she's trying to. Yeah. I don't want to assume that, but that's how I thought. I'm I'm extremely hurt. So I was like, oh, I see what's going on. Like, I don't deserve a response because I'm not like Danny Bowen and you can't show your friends that we're having a fight. It doesn't give you any clout in the food world or whatever. Right. Um, That's unfair for me to say, but that's how I felt, you know. 
who knows what she's thinking. Anyway, so she outed this guy, let's call him Jonathan. Right. I he's also been extremely racist to me, so I wanted to like say it. Okay. So this guy, this higher up on Bon Appetit. Is he still there? No, he left years ago. Okay. He I went to China with him because he wrote a story about Sichuan food with Danny. Okay. Hours after getting there, we're in the van and we're driving around. And he says, I think this was, he meant this as a compliment because I'm Korean. He says, I fucking hate China because the women here are so ugly and I have nothing to look at. He was like, at least in Korea, there's eye candy. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. This is going to be a long fucking trip, bro. Yo. Yo. That's such an elitist attitude too, because for so many reasons, very upsetting and problematic, but also fuck you, dude. You're probably some fucking ugly ass average looking white guy. Like this is the man that like, like the entitlement that that kind of statement comes with is his insane. entire that colonizer mindset. Insane. That his whole, well, you can see the inside of his mind in that one sentence, yeah. the whole world, the whole fucking billion person country of China is here for me and my fucking dick. Oh my God. This is the kind of man that this is. Oh fuck. And after, and you know, like when you travel with like, like a somebody that sucks at traveling, it's usually yeah. like a shitty, like privileged white person. <laughs> they say it's all these like racist things about what country you're in. Right. Like right. It, through the lens of like, I am better than everyone. He was like, he, it was just being in China with him was just like the worst thing that's ever happened. He was just like, oh, look at who could eat this. Why does this smell bad? We went to someone's like house and he was like, why is it so cold in here? And she was like, well, the government turns it on on a specific date, like October 50 or not 50th, <laughs> October 25th. And he was like, can you imagine living in a shitty country like this? Just like just that was like the whole trip in China. This, bon Appetit is this well-regarded cultural institution. Yeah. And your friend Jonathan or not friend, but this person, Jonathan yeah, presumably was a higher up at yeah, yeah. this cultural institution. Uh -huh. Yet he's spewing all of this vitriol. That's like, so dangerous. What? It's like, so dangerous. What are the so basically the only qualifications to like be an executive for these media companies that are you're a rich highly white guy. regarded and publicly lauded is you're just a rich white guy. And like, think of how dangerous that is. He writes articles that are being consumed by the American public with that lens. Sure. Anyway, so there's one more story that I have to tell you that I've been angry about for years. Let it out, I, baby. I was going to say it and then I was going <laughs> to fucking... Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I feel like that later on that year, maybe it was the following year, we moved to New York and he, okay. he invited us to like a Christmas party, some shitty fucking party at Bon Appetit, right? And so we're all, there's like, this is back in the day when it was at Times Square and their office was like bottom test kitchen, I think. And then the top were like offices. Okay. So at one point he was like, do you want to go see my office? So we went upstairs with him, his wife, two white people that work at Bon Appetit, my ex-husband, Danny, my, my husband at the time, and my friend who is a very famous food writer who is Asian, okay. who I'm not going to name, but let's call him Bob. And so it's like, me, Danny, Bob, who are Asian, Jonathan, his wife, two Bonap people, four white people, right? Okay. And then he, he starts doing this like buck tooth Chinaman accent. Mm. Like, oh, me noodle, like that. And 
you know, this is so shitty because like, you know, when a white person is doing something racist, yeah. what happens immediately as a person of color, you, your mind is going like thousands of miles a minute. Like, what do I do? What do I say? What should I do? Should I laugh? And then I, I remember looking at him and my face was like thinking about a thousand different things. Right. And then at that moment, my food writer friend, Bob, just starts laughing so loud, just like, ah, like that. And right. I'm like, and then I look at the white people and they're just like, ha ha, like nervously laughing. Mm. Danny is just, his face is like mine. Like, this is what makes me so mad. Standing next to me was, was Jonathan's wife. And I'm, I had this face like trying to calculate what I should do. Yeah. She fucking, she fucking looks at me and she goes, calm down. He makes fun of my Norwegian accent too. Calm down. She told me to fucking calm down because she's Norwegian. She that gaslighting. That the little fucking, fucking weasel. Jesus. You know when there's a bully and the little weasel comes out from behind the bully and tells you to uh, fucking yeah. shut up? Yeah. And you know what's so fucked up as a person of color? When she said that to me, you know what I was thinking? Oh no, I made this white woman angry. I better laugh so she feels comfortable. Mm. So I started laughing because I didn't want her to be mad. And that's fucked up because like that's like conditioning for mm. us. Mm. You know what I mean? Like right. our number one priority is to make sure that the white people are comfortable. And I think about that fucking all the time. And my friend, the food writer guy that laughed, I was like, bro, what, why did you do that? And he was like, I literally could not believe what was happening it was so racist. I didn't know what to do. So I, I, I like just started laughing. Like I was so nervous. Right. And then, you know, I felt so, I felt like so bad because like all of us have been conditioned to do shit like that. Mm. You know, like his, his instinct was also like my instinct, make sure the white people are comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. After that, my friend, the Asian food writer yeah. and I and Danny, we went to a bar, we had drinks and we were laughing so hard. And I was like, you know, this is a thing like when bad things like that, it's like kind of like the definition of comedy, you know, when trauma happens, you have yeah. like this bonding moment with your friends. Right. And that's like, in a way, the beauty of being like a person of color or like somebody that's like in any way discriminated against, at least you have that, you know? Yeah. How are you feeling, Brian? <laughs> I'm tired of talking about this. I'm feeling uh, there's a couple things that have been that have been going on this week that have uh, elicited a strong emotional response out of me. So I'll start with the good news, and that is these past couple months I've been dealing with a family health matter that's been preoccupying most of my energy, lots of negative energy, lots of anxiety, and. Yeah, this past week, we got really, really, really optimistic news. Probably the best news that could have come out of all of this. And it's just been a immense relief. And um, it makes me really, really happy. And just very grateful. Mm. And um, as, cl as cliche as it sounds, just really blessed. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's a lot. You know, when, when you're posed with like a family health issue that brings into question the mortality of someone who's really close to you. It's, uh, it's very emotional. And, um, I just feel very lucky to be on the good side of this. Yeah. just, it's just a huge relief. Um, but on the other side of the spectrum, I've been noticing a lot more, I don't know if it's something with my Instagram algorithm or just my social media algorithms, but there's the, the stories of these unprovoked attacks directed at 
elderly Asian people. Mm. It fucking pisses me off so fucking much because one, just to attack any elderly person unprovoked, regardless of race, you or elderly youth, you're a vile piece of shit. Just a fucking coward. Like, why would you fucking do that to someone? And two, clearly these were racially motivated attacks. There was one that happened in the Bay Area. I saw the video footage of it where this man, this teenager just push, unprovoked, just pushes this grandpa. His name should be known. You should look into it and you have every reason to be upset. upset. Visha Ratanapakti, he fucking passed away from those injuries. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Seriously. Yeah. It just makes me so sad because, you know, it, it could just, it could have been any of our grandparents. Um, I think what's for me specifically sad about when I see Asian Americans or immigrant Americans, even if they're not Asian and they're elderly, get attacked. What makes it extra sad for me is that there is that like thing that we talk about all the time, the model minority. We know that they're trying so hard not to ruffle feathers in America. You know what I mean? Their whole existence is to be invisible and to fit in and try their best not to make anyone upset. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, for no reason, they're getting violently attacked. I think that's like the layer that makes it really extremely sad for me. It's really upsetting. And it's like fucking, it's just fucking bullshit. Makes me want to fight. 100%. (laughs) Bro. And I want to fucking fight. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm not trying to make this funny, but you want to fucking fight. I want to fucking fight that fucking Jonathan's wife and Jonathan. (laughs) You better hope you don't run into me. And that guy that like pushed that poor old man. And it's not just like a singular instance. There were like multiple videos that I saw where it's just these elderly Asian immigrants who are minding their own business and they get pushed down to the ground. Like why? Literally why minding their that? own business. Like why would you do that? Trying to stay out of people's way. Yeah. There is parallels to the story up. you just described because yeah. if you were honest with your emotions, been like, fuck you, dude. You're being fucking racist. You're a piece of shit. You should look inwards and f- confront your insecurities because why are you directing this at me? Yeah. That's when, and then people in response will be like, like well, psycho, look you're at this psycho, psycho bitch. Guess you, what? You're not acting the way I think Asians should. Like, Excuse whoa. me. <laughs> Can you laugh at my husband's joke? <sighs> anyway. Uh, there's this article that I do want to talk about okay. up top, um, and which I think relates to a lot of the feelings that we've been experiencing. And that is, uh, there was this New York times, uh, profile on Steven Yun. Uh-huh. Um, I highly recommend that you all check it out. It's written by, uh, this wonderful writer named Jay Caspian Kang and the it's titled the many lives of Steven Yun mm-hmm. and Steven Yun. We, oh we, God, got, I know we butchered shit. it last time. We, we got- no, because I didn't know. I've only seen it spelled in English and it's spelled Y-E-U-N or something. Yeah. Yun? Come on, guys. All right. <laughs> what, what do you want? Steven Yun. Yeah. And no, I know that you were talking about this article and you said it really touched you. Yeah, because the writer of this art, this piece, he, he, he personalizes it by describing the 
I guess not the conflict, but just the challenges of being an Asian American writer Mm -hmm. and how the stories you want to write and the stories you want to tell often come into conflict with what the public deems as universal or uh, digestible. Right. He, 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 and, you know, he he describes how when in his early 20s, he set out to write a novel. And as he was writing it, like he received feedback from a professor and the professor was like, oh, this will get sold. But what we want to do is we want to elevate this to a universal level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the professor is like some white guy. Yeah. And that comes with its own subjectivity. And right. I'm just going to read you this this the, directly, like verbatim, what Jay wrote. And I think it parallels nicely with the feelings we have in those uh, those moments where you want to be angry, but you don't know if you should be angry. And yeah. in a lot of ways, just what we've talked about as we were doing this podcast, as we've been doing this podcast for the last year and a half. And Jay wrote... There's something I've realized over the past decade of writing about race and Asian immigrants. Not everybody cares about our obsessing over belonging and not belonging and displacement. That presents a problem for writers, artists, and filmmakers. Do you take what is in some ways the easiest path and simply cast Asian actors in traditional roles without talking about that choice? A form of colorblindness that merely puts Asian faces on white archetypes. Or do you try your best to document the neuroses because you feel them within yourself And while you understand that there are certainly worse forms of oppression in this country, there's some personal or perhaps therapeutic value in expressing yourself in front of an audience. But who is the audience? And is there any real value to the narcissistic self-expression of an upwardly mobile immigrant who has nothing else to worry about? Yeah, that's like basically the entire conversation that happens, I feel like, in our heads constantly. 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 And Stephen Young, um, he he had this really, uh, he had this quote, from the piece that's I've seen been shared a lot. And he said, sometimes I wonder if the Asian American experience is what it's like when you're thinking about everyone else, but nobody else is thinking about you. I love that quote. Yeah. You think about everyone else. You think about what they want you to do, how they want you to react. There's zero time for you to know how you even fucking feel. That's what we're trying to do with this podcast is just, have create this space where we can just for our feelings in an unfiltered (laughs) way just talk about what it feels like to be an Asian American but I'm gonna be honest with you Brian I know I've been doing this for a while every (sighs) week I feel ashamed (laughs) 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 I'm like even me telling the story about that racist guy I'm like oh I don't I don't deserve to say that he's gonna say I'm fucking lying or something I'm like I'm not fucking lying I know I'm telling the truth Yeah. and I get to say this because that's my side of the fucking story but I feel fucking every week we do this I feel ashamed I'm not gonna lie which Mm -hmm. sucks this is what's really needed I mean this is like this at times I feel like this is just narcissistic self-indulgence and self-expression and there are are worse forms of oppression that exist you know I know, but this is what I was saying last time. Remember, we were talking about this in the summer during like the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, but then also a two-year-old Asian child got stabbed too. We need to hold some space for that. That old man got pushed to death. You know, like there, it doesn't, it's not a race to see who's the most oppressed. You know, like we're, there's room for us to feel sad for different kinds of people, you know? Yeah. And I don't think we should feel ashamed to hold that room for the sad things that happen to Asians as well. We, you know, we deserve, 
you know, like even my fucking story compared to all the shit that's happening. I went to a fucking party in Manhattan and some fucking blonde skinny woman was mean to me. Boo fucking who. But you know what? It was still, you know, racist. Yeah. There's room for there's room for all of our stories and we're respectful to others who are oppressed and we we are stand in solidarity with them. And like, what else can we do? You know, what more can we do? We should fucking fight. Fight. <laughs> Fucking, it's on, bitch. Are you kidding me? I'm so angry fight. right now. I really wish. Oh I hope somebody, I really God. hope somebody says the wrong thing to me today. <laughs> I'm going to start texting some random guy. You know, I just think it's funny. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Okay. Um. Anyway, I'm glad that we're, I feel like there's a little, a, like a little bit of like blocked ch chakra thing happening. Not to sound like a white woman, but like... <laughs> anger is just like like we're like uh, let's just release our buttholes a little bit All right, breathe them. and then let's talk about Ooh. let's just let's make a hard shift and talk about new beginnings new beginnings <laughs> the new year the lunar new year <laughs> for some reason last year we like didn't really talk about it which is weird because it is like a big part of asian culture a lot of east asian culture this is my gauge of how I know something's big in Asian culture and that is if I don't call my parents to remind them of the thing yeah if I get in deep shit yeah yeah that's how I know it's an important holiday yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> lunar new year chuseok Cheza. Cheza. <laughs> Cheza is like remembering uh, your dead family. The, your dead family. You know what's so funny though? Yeah. This is not funny. This is horrible. <laughs> this is horrible. I'm so mad at white people for this one too. My family was is like horribly born again because one of my cousins became Catholic and she spread it like a disease, the disease that it is. And so now last time I went to Chesa, that we were trying to do all the bowing shit, you know, all the, the anti-Christian stuff. And then they were like, oh, should we even do this? And they were like, oh, no. no. And then and then my cousin made everyone pray afterward. I was like, you know what? You know what, bitch? <laughs> not, not, no, we're not doing the white man's thing right now. Okay, can you... My dad is here. He's a white man. Let he it says be. it's okay. <laughs> Just let it be. My parents go by the lunar calendar for their birthdays. Yeah. So every year, remix, it fucking changes. <laughs> and you best believe I got to remember that because if I don't remember it, I get into deep fucking shit. But oh, then wow. there are times where my parents even forget their own birthdays. And when they forget... Oh, this is so funny. It's just a random mistake. But as our children, you better fucking remember. If it's you, it's like, sure, <laughs> Your dad brings a newspaper. You're son. <laughs> he hits you, doesn't he? He hits you with the golf club. I'm sorry. No. Hey, I'm older than 13 years old, okay? When an Asian Not child anymore. becomes... When the Asian child is... That's how you know whether they're an adult because that's when the parents, they evolve and they abuse you emotionally because they know that hurts even more than they the golf they, club. They, they know that you can fight back. <laughs> uh, my parents don't do that. This is all for jokes. Um, but Lunar New Year, Year of the Ox, baby. Nice. That's the last week I said that the rat, I'm near the rat and the rat rode on the back of a tiger to win the race. It was the, it was the ox. Somebody that's an ox corrected me online. Thank you. <laughs> They're like, oh, look at young me being performative. Doesn't even know the accurate story. I've never. <laughs> and then somebody else told me, somebody was like Year of the Snake. They, t they told me another story that I've never heard. It's so funny. This is all online. Somebody was like, oh, I'm Year of the Snake. The snake, apparently when the emperor was assigning animal years, yeah. they, he was like, not 
the snake's not gonna get one <laughs> and so the snake snuck into the palace and pretended it was the dragon i was like i'm here for my year <laughs> the emperor gave him my year so i feel like i stand in solidarity with year of the snakes and doing research for this episode and reading about the chinese zodiac yeah one thing i really like is chinese zodiac pretty fucking savage because you know with most zodiac signs mm -hmm. there's like positive traits, negative traits, you know, Aquarius, like can, can sometimes be wishy-washy. Yeah, like yeah. they'll use language like that. Yeah. Yeah. But the Chinese Zodiac, they don't fuck around. Yeah. There's You're so greedy. many adjectives. <laughs> greedy and <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's I was so reading it. <laughs> so I think we should read year of the ox. Okay, year of the ox. So if this ox. is your year, if you're turning it's 24, 12, or 36 or older, what's I just can't do math. 48. Okay, so 60. This is your year. So you're the ox is second in the race because after the, me after the rat, because the rat rode on the, the back of the ox. Now the pros, according to this chart I'm looking at, the pros of the ox are intelligent, confident, leader, mm. cons. Prudish, poor communication. Wow. I thought I was going to say poor. <laughs> so Chinese. You don't have money. <laughs> I want to know if this is accurate for you. So for the rat. Okay, tell me. Pros has spirit, wit. Yes. Alertness. Yep. Cons, timid, lack concentration. Definitely. Lack concentration is... That reminds me, it's like swear words that aren't actually cuss words, so they cut even deeper. Like, I feel like poor communication, lack concentration. Why does a year of the rat just sound like the symptoms of ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> Full of energy. I don't know Can't if I would describe. I, would, I don't know if I would describe you as timid, though. I'm a cancer rising, so I thought there is there's a part of me that's like ugh, hesitant in social settings. Oh, but then so according to Wikipedia, there are four animal trains. Yeah. So I guess there are like groupings yeah. per animals. Mm -hmm. Now this one is very detailed. What train am I in? So you're in the first train. The okay. first train consists of rat, dragon, and monkey. Now for our rat, dragon, monkey listeners out there. Tell us if this is accurate. These three signs are said to be intense and powerful individuals capable of great good who make great leaders, but are rather unpredictable. The three are said to be intelligent, magnanimous, charismatic, charming, authoritative, confident, eloquent, and artistic, but can be manipulative, jealous, selfish, aggressive, vindictful, and deceitful. Now give me $200. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that is, that's spot on. I just I'm feel not like jealous they're, though. They're, I'm not jealous. they're naming the entire spectrum of human emotion. No, because you, you could, I don't know. Okay, that, so that seems pretty spot on to me. The second train consists of ox, snake, and rooster. Okay. So, you know, you're of the ox. These three signs are said to possess endurance and application with slow accumulation of energy, meticulous at beginning, but tending to hold fixed opinions. The three are said to be intelligent, hardworking, modest, industrious, loyal, philosophical, patient, good-hearted, and morally upright, but also can be self-righteous, egotistical, vain, judgmental, narrow-minded, and petty. So I guess ox is, this train is for people who are very stubborn. Why are all the negative traits, they sound like me? <laughs> 
I have all the. Wait, so I would say the first train is chaotic good. Second, Second train, lawful good. Second train is lawful good. Right. So lawful I'm in good. the third. I'm a horse. Okay, let's. This read goes it. out to all the horses out there. I'm a, I'm the third train. Okay. Tiger, horse, and dog. Oh, those I, are those, are, those good are the ones that I get along with. All those people. These three signs are said to seek true love, to pursue humanitarian causes, to be idealistic and independent, but tend to be impulsive. Wow, look at me. I'm such a good person. That sounds like you, though. The three are said to be productive, enthusiastic, independent, engaging, dynamic, honorable, loyal, and protective, but also can be rash, rebellious, quarrelsome, anxious, disagreeable, and stubborn. That sounds like you. Oh, my God. Youngmi, you have felt the full brunt of my disagreeableness, stubbornness, and anxiety. That's literally you. <laughs> that is so spot on. You know what? I'm just going to say this about the uh, horse. Mo it's so random. Like, so many men that I sleep with are horses. Let's go. Should we go to the fourth train? So what's the wait, third wait, train? The third, third one is, I would say... Lawful evil. Lawful... Meh, lawful good. Neutral. Neutral. Neutral good. Neutral. Lawful, neutral. Lawful for sure. The fourth train consists of rabbit, goat, and pig. These three signs are said to have a calm nature and somewhat reasonable approach. They seek aesthetic beauty and are artistic, well-mattered and compassionate, yet detached and resigned to their condition. The three are said to be caring, self-sacrificing, obliging, sensible, creative, empathetic, tactful, and prudent, but also can be naive, pedantic, insecure, selfish, indecisive, and pessimistic. Rabbit, sounds like a pig, cancer. They sound Lawful like they kind of just like go with the flow. Lawful good, for sure. Go with the flow. I don't really know. They sound I'm like nice. cancers or like Pisces or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God wow. damn, tiny zodiac. So many things to learn. <laughs> That's Why pretty spot so on for me. <laughs> I was reading another one today and it said I was greedy and I was like, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> anyway. Um, I could be a bit arrogant because I feel I'm an Aries and I'm a yeah, horse. Yeah. And I think those two signs are often equated with like, Good leadership can main, maintain attention of the room. Yeah, yeah. Are the best. Yeah. Or maybe those, I just made that up. No, you, no, those are. They are actually, you're true. I mean, it's right. Wait, so tell me, okay, so you were saying that your parents get really mad if you don't call them for Lunar New Year. What did you do as a kid for Lunar New Year? What we would do for Lunar New Year is we would go to my uncle's house so uh -huh. my dad's older brother so technically the head of the family lineage on my dad's side yeah because he's like the oldest and i remember we would just have like a big meal and then there would be mm. like you know we would get money oh yeah baby oh yeah did you wear your humble baby no i didn't wear a humble but i did have to wear like something nice it's like khakis and a button-up or something. <laughs> you dress like a cowboy. <laughs> They're like, we're Americans now. We're in Texas, baby. You know, I have this really, because I when I was a kid, I lived in Tejido until I was six. So yeah. I have a, I have memories of like Lunar New Year. And it's, it's like one of those things where it's like almost like Halloween in America where the whole community, you know, takes part. Takes part so it's like, it's kind of like shut down. Everyone's like in the street yeah. and we would wear our hanbok and we would go to people's houses Whoa. and bow Whoa. and they would give you money. That, yes. I've left that detail out. Yeah. We would bow 
to the elders and they yeah. would give us money. So it's like trick or treating, but with money. Way better Way than better. Americans. Excuse me. <laughs> fuck, fuck dots. That yeah. shit gets stuck in your mouth. Okay, Bro, give me give me ten dollars. I don't want four thousand Tootsie Roll blueberry. <laughs> like, who wants the Tootsie Roll blueberry flavor? Those are kind of fire. My but like, uh, my ex's favorite candy was Tootsie Rolls. Oh, I'm sorry. And I no, I roasted her to oblivion for it. Bro, why? It gets stuff. The first three seconds just tastes like wax paper, <laughs> <laughs> and then tastes like watered down milk. Milk, you know, like when you don't have milk at your house and you're right. trying to make chocolate milk, so you use water. Right. That's what a tootsie roll tastes like. <laughs> I ran out of milk. And I made a, a chocolate They're water. They're not good. I mean, oh this group, I remember once. Give we me were, the money. We went to a bodega, yeah, and she wanted to buy tootsie rolls, and the bodega owner was like, "Don't, don't worry about it. Just take it." And I'm like, "See, this is proof of how bad it is that he doesn't want your money." <laughs> Thank God. Uh, I need to I need to clear that space on the shelf. Pick all of them. <laughs> that is so funny. Let it collect let that space in the shelf collect dust in peace. <laughs> Wait, you, do you know how to do the bow? Does he book bow? I'm going to try to do it really quick for the camera. But wow. I want to I want to I want to say a joke about this. When okay. I got married, I had to do this bow. When I got married, I got married in Korea mm -hmm. and they, I had to do the bow, like traditional bow stuff, yeah. and there were like these Korean ajuma handlers like help helping me like walk across the stage and, right. and they were like <laughs> during my wedding she was like don't bow all the way because you're too fat and I can't oh my I can't God. You, back you know we fielded to our listeners on our Instagram uh, to submit their stories of Lunar New Year and we got so many wonderful responses but we got one in particular that I found very touching and I think kind of encapsulated the good vibes of Lunar New Year and Honestly, made me a little bit envious. Um, so someone DM'd us, give New York blessings to our elders, red envelopes, sweet dried and color coded fruit, so much food, same traditional dishes every year. My mom would go to the forest near our house to get branches and make her own cherry blossom tree at home and gambling. And quote unquote, low two, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, which is essentially bingo with your family until 2 a.m. and a drunk uncle is calling out the numbers. So much more fun than drinking the night away and counting down. I am going to miss it so much this year. Is that person a Chinese American? Yes. I, I just want to say that sounds exactly like what we did. You would do like gambling games with your family? Yeah, in the drunk karaoke. Are you kidding me? Fuck, My uncle bought I like a disco that. ball. That's Just sick. to turn it on once a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Oh, and then I remember the cherry blossom thing. We we would go out in the forest. This is in Korea, behind my uncle's house, yeah. and they would collect like pine needles. Mm. Have you ever tried that? No, we and, wouldn't like, do the, this. It's called suk. It's like a weed that you put on top of like the rice cake, uh -huh. and then they would steam the rice cakes oh. with the pine ne pine. Uh, yes, pine I remember. I, I vaguely remember. And it this would now. smell like pine tree, and so they would like good. open the steamer. It was so good, and it was fun because like the kid that was a kid's job, yeah. so we would have to go collect and forage. <laughs> <laughs> Memories, <laughs> mostly of money. <laughs> Money and karaoke. Does it get any age, more Asian than that? I know Ronnie Chang has this really, really great joke about like how much Chinese people love money. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Like in the new I year, love that joke. Yeah, in the yeah. new year, they don't say Happy New Year. They just say, "I hope you get rich." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I was gonna bring that joke up because I love that joke. It's, it's like, so funny. hope you get rich. Hope you get rich. And it's like, you know what? I fuck with it because what else is there? Cut the bullshit. 
that's yeah. what we really want to wish each other. Cheating and making money. <laughs> that's all what it's all about. So to our beautiful listeners out there, it's been an emotional week. So much anger. Make space for yourself. Be kind to yourself. If you're feeling fucking angry, be fucking angry. And if you feel like you want to cry, cry. And if you feel like you want to scream and celebrate and wish everyone to be super fucking rich in this new year, also do that. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, shit is hard and horrible for us right now. Yeah. And I, I know it's like overwhelming, but the, the silver lining is you get to tell these stories with your Asian friends <laughs> and laugh about it. And you don't have to like go, you know. That's like the beauty of it. We get to share these stories of like hardship. Oh, you know? for sure. It's the best. We recently got a DM from uh, Kyopo, which is an arts collective based in LA. Definitely check them out. Um, but it was like this white food influencer who was like doing a restaurant review of this Korean fast casual place in the like the central market in yeah. LA and she's like mm, Korean cuisine this is what we have of this is like their lunch snacks called dosh rack so I was like what the fuck and you know what we get to fucking laugh about them oh uh, I mean there's been a lot lately even with the the what is it the the kung fu vagina thing that was like oh my god so racist can you so imagine why do people keep why doing are white that? people like that why do they keep doing that when are they gonna stop <laughs> haven't we been through enough haven't we been through enough <laughs> and I just like made a TikTok being like oh it's really awkward when race like white people make broken English when they talk to Asian people and there's all these white people in the comments being like how dare you I'm like. What did I do? I just, I just said what you said. Just stop. Just stop. Stop doing that. And I won't make fun of you then. <sighs> anyway. But anyways, happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. And be good to yourselves. That's it. Thank you. It's okay to be angry. Please subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Please. Follow Please. us on Instagram at Feeling Asian Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Feeling Asian Podcast for exclusive video clips. Oh, and you guys can go into the comments and just <laughs> see how upset Gen Z is at just, us. They're so upset. They're I was upset. surprised. I don't really use TikTok that much. And when our, some of our TikToks went viral, I read all the comments. They're what? very angry. What are they talking about? <laughs> I was just like, what, what are you? What's going on here? Oh man! Follow Brian at it's Brian Park on Instagram. Follow Young Me at YM Mayor. If you're looking for an audio engineer, hit up Sarah Pack on Instagram at I M underscore P A K T. That is at Impact. And I hope you get rich. I hope you get rich. <laughs> Bye. Bye.